Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic, I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. There's HBO hot where it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland. On Saturdays, about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Funnier. Sportsier. More Labradoodles. On 1080, The Fan. All right, we made it to hour two of this fine radio broadcast. If you miss anything from hour one, you can go on to 1080thefan.com and get the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Uh, just find the on-demand button and go from there. Um, you can probably figure that out all on your own. I don't need to go through it. If you can't, just you can text us. 55305 is the text line. You can also interact on Twitter at CenterSaint1080 or at 1080TheFan um, on Twitter. Uh, you have polls up there. Jesus, how disinterested do you sound? Well, not that much. As a fan the internet. And what? Just get on there and start typing. Do you need me to explain the internet to you? Uh, Russell Westbrook and his jeans. Yeah, I am upset with his jeans. You're an old man. Um, we will start with our sports poll that's on uh, Twitter right now, and that is uh, what series do you expect the upset in? Is that how we worded it? Let me just read it. Oh, why don't you just read it, Will? Who's your first round upset? 16% Pelicans over Blazers, 22%. Pacers over Cavs, 24% say Wizards over Raptors, and overwhelmingly 38% Spurs over Warriors. We'll start there, and that's where we'll introduce our guest, Jason Bro, sitting in with us uh, from University of Portland. Bro, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you've been a Blazers fan, what, out of the womb? Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, looking at uh, the playoff landscape, we kind of, uh, 
you know, intentionally threw the Pelicans uh, Blazers matchup in there. But where do you see the first uh, first round upset coming from? Uh, I definitely don't agree with the fans that San Antonio is going to be Golden State. It's funny. I think uh, people have hopes more than actual analysis on that. Um, I kind of the one that's interesting. The one I'm hoping for is Indiana over Cleveland. I actually think Indiana's better than people give them credit for, and I think Cleveland's trying to find themselves. But if I had to pick that, I wouldn't pick that with LeBron. You know, the one that's kind of intriguing to me is I think Miami and Philadelphia because everyone's high on the Philadelphia bandwagon right now. Yeah. And Miami, everyone forgets. I got to throw out a shout out to my my guy Spo, who's a University of Portland alum. He's a dang good coach, and he's been through the playoff grinder a lot. They have some intriguing assets on there. They have some experience with Dragic and with Wade, and they've got the big guy in the middle. Um, Philadelphia's going to not have Embiid for Game One. It could be interesting if home court switches there. That one's intriguing to me. I don't see a ton of upsets in the first round, quite frankly, when I look at the playoffs. I just I, I think it's going to be chalk for the most part. Do you really? Even yeah. though this is a year where I think a lot of people are kind of leaning that direction because i was telling will before and he didn't believe it but the nba playoffs it's almost always the best team wins it's very rare occasions where it doesn't go that way it, it, it's true but you, i mean like you look in the west who do you really I, I mean we're in portland i'm a blazers fan probably the most the one that everyone looks at and says that's probably likely to happen is new orleans over portland i think yeah. outside of our market people say oh that they're susceptible there I, with anthony davis type well, stuff well i think a lot of people go toss up on the jazz thunder yeah. I mean, because that's one of those things where, where at least when I look at it, you, you see the Utah and the way that they've played better than expected, certainly since January, where they, what, 31 and 11 in the second half of the season. But in the, you know, at the end of the season where you really expected the Thunder to come out and really figure out their rotations with three superstars on the team, they never really have. Yeah. And I, technically, that's an upset. And based on seeds, is, it's upset. But I think three through six in the West, as we saw, it came down to literally the last few minutes of the last few games. And, uh, so is it that much of an upset? Yeah, I, I think if you had to if you had to put money down on it, Utah is very intriguing. Um, I think Chalk's going to hold. You bro, give any- bro, true or false, the sweatier Dan, uh, Quinn Snyder gets, the better Ooh. the Jazz are. Who he's interesting. He uh, that's true, by the way. Yeah, that's true. The sweatier he, is, he gets, the better they, they are. They have to employ a towel boy just to follow him around on the sidelines after the first five minutes of the game. Hell of a job. Yeah. Um, you get paid minimum for that? <laughs> minimum wages raising. It's not a bad gig. The other one that I thought was intriguing, and I know it's a it's a one eight matchup. Uh, any credence to having John Wall back healthy and nothing to lose if you're the Wizards? Yeah, I, I think that's intriguing. Um, the Wizards haven't really done a whole lot to make you think that historically that they're going to make a huge run in the playoffs. And I Toronto, just, yeah, true, but I. I I, I think I like the continuity that tr- Toronto has going in versus the Wizards. Yeah. Eh. I mean, I think they've they've been pretty pretty solid all year long. All they've right. been healthy for the most part. I like their pieces. Um, John Wall sometimes tries to take over, and I think for three quarters he feels and actually performs like he is going to take over, and then we've seen him kind of fall in the fourth quarter. You know, you know my kind of question is that I wonder who's going to be that breakout guy. Because I feel like every single year in the NBA playoffs, there's always a guy that you kind of – notice and then the momentum kind of carries into the next year like this is going to sound ridiculous so i'll just say it bismack biombo was kind of that i think two yep. years ago you remember that everybody got the got on a real high steez about bismack biombo what happened like to him they got biombo fever he went to he, we we looked this up because we yes. didn't know anybody on the orlando roster 
He went to Orlando this to die. This guy, Biombo, is like, where's Waldo yeah. in Orlando? He I got heard you guys talking him. about Orlando, and I'm like, I could name four guys on Orlando, and he wasn't one of them. Now, who's, <laughs> who's crazy hair guy? Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton. He got traded to the Suns. Yeah, yeah but I knew that. Yeah. But, uh-huh. but, but yeah, I, don't, I can't tell you a single. Nikola Vucevic. Yeah? He's a Hell double-double center. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See, <laughs> hot, when you can't pronounce magic it. Talk. Well, <laughs> Evan Fournier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The do not Google. Do you know? Have you tried to Google his name? I have not. No. Oh, the Fournier gangrene. Oh boy. Oh, you don't want to see any of oh, that. Yeah. Don't go to the image portion. No, yeah. it's absolutely awful. And and Will didn't believe me, so I had to show it to him. Uh, what was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, you had to scrub your computer clean. Oh, it's awful. Because that's disgusting. It not, very much is. Not to depart too much, but that brought up something like. Kelly this whole, this whole, sh- this whole yes, show is a departure. When you travel or when you're with a group of people or with you're with your parents and you get like a text and like, you know, it's kind of one of those where they're sending you something that's inappropriate maybe for the audience you're in. I had that happen to me like five times in the last like three weeks when I'm on, been on an airplane and I'm next to a grandma and my girlfriend sends me a text of something that's funny. And it wasn't even really that dirty, but it was like images of things that looked really dirty, but that's what made it funny. But when you pull it up and the 80 year old grandma sitting next to you looks over and thinks she's seeing something that's very dirty, it's kind of an awkward situation. We, we actually had that at a Christmas party. My brother was dating this girl at the time that, uh, uh, he was sending some explicit pics to. Yeah. And uh, he had them on his iPad. And so uh, this older gentleman who lives next to my mom came over and he's never seen an iPad before. He's like, what's that thing? And my brother's like, oh, it's an iPad. Let me show you. And he started flipping through pictures. Oh, and no. then one of the pictures was something he sent to his girlfriend that's a little bit explicit. What, goes, what do you mean? What was it? <laughs> well, it was a picture of his yeah, naked yeah, yeah. body. We, we know um, what it was. And he flips to it, and he looks at uh, the older gentleman. His name's Don. And he goes, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> and he looks him in the eye and tells him, and Don just, like, waves his hands and goes, ah, <laughs> I don't want to see that. It's where I have to keep pictures of my peen. You want to see? Here, <laughs> take a look. It's a photo album. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let, me sh- let me show you, old man. This will be an absolute delight. Um, will hates baseball. So part of the reason we have, to bring, we have to bring people in is so we can talk a little bit it's baseball. Terrible. So we will I mean, do- in fairness, I love baseball. I can understand why people can't stand baseball. It's... Oh hard to watch if you're not invested in it well no i totally get that and we, we've actually you we like have, going to baseball games though like do you I, like going to an mlb game yeah, and experiencing the I, I do. it's fun but i lose interest even there like 20 minutes in and that's why i do like uh Millennium. going to mariners games because the restaurants are friggin awesome yeah. and it's a fun stadium but it is a fun stadium. after that i i just i can't get into it i can't get into it and luke here keeps trying to make me a marlins fan no, no, you, I asked you what team you wanted to root for, and you, you threw I didn't out Marlins. Say that. That's I, not I true. was going to try to make you a Brewers fan. Hey, like once every 10 years, they should win World Series based on precedence. And, and they do. It's, yeah, it's absolutely remarkable. But I did want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the start that Shohei Otani is having. So we'll do that next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, kids. We're going to do a limited conversation about baseball but then i've got a question that is actually very intriguing about your marlins as well will so i want to get your but you uh, promised we're going to get back to the nba playoffs right oh yeah we definitely are we gotta get the nba playoffs How pumped up does that get you? Not at all. I think you failed. You should. Miserable. If you want to get me pumped up about NBA playoffs, play the old NBC jingle, the John Tesh. Hold on a second. You tell me if this gets you pumped up. I 
have seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. What is wrong with you? So Will comes up to me he goes, he goes, hey, what should we do for the NBA playoffs? And I go, what if we had a sounder every time we said NBA playoffs or Portland Trailboys? We did quick, like two or three second, just like pop. And that becomes like the identifying sound of you the don't NBA like the playoffs. 30 second. <laughs> no, well, no, and he's got 30 seconds, but he also doesn't have anything that garners any excitement at all. I Get mean, the fuck out. Get out. <laughs> what, what does that have to do with the playoffs? Get out, man. Too excited. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? No! It's not any better! What's wrong with you? Well, I thought you'd like the Blade Runner line. He's just trying to distract from talking baseball. Well, of course he is. But, well... Perhaps. There's a good reason for that. But how much How much have you paid attention to the Angels right now with Shohei Otani? They've not lost a single game where he's either pitching or in the batting lineup. Yeah, it's just Mike Sosha's going old school baseball and restricting him. Just let the kid play. Yeah, he's already asked for it. He, he goes, hey, just put me in. I want to play every day and, and just go out there. But they're, they're saying, oh, well, he needs to chart his pitches when he's not. Oh, man, this is why it's fun to watch baseball when you have somebody that this electric. He's 23 years old. And we had Jim Wilson in here last week, and we were kind of talking about the difference between Japanese baseball because Jim played over there for a handful of years and, and the difference between Japanese baseball and AAA or the bigs. And everybody says that, you know, Japanese baseball is a lot closer to the major leagues. Well, this was back in the late 80s, early 90s when Jim was over there. He goes, no question. He goes, it's so close. He goes, I would even say that the pitching is more difficult over there to hit because nobody ever gives you a pitch. Yeah. I mean, you play Major League Baseball, and you know there's times where a guy's going to go out and he's just going to kind of serve something up, whether it's late innings and a blowout or whatever it is. But he said you play some of those teams over there, and those guys are fighting tooth and nail for every single pitch and every single at-bat. And that's where this guy comes from. And now he comes over here, and you have this big opportunity to make it fun and do all this. Just let him play. Well, and, and they're pitching him every six days, which is fine. I yeah. get that. But, like... Being a DH isn't the most strenuous activity to throw in in some of those off days. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Grab a bat, go swing, and if you hit a triple, you you exert a little bit of energy. Let them swing away. Well, that and and we you know that's part of the conversation around baseball. Mariners would have let him hit. <laughs> but that's part of the conversation around baseball. All the time is how do you make it more exciting? And then you get this guy that is is nonstop. Then he gets saddled with Mike Sosha. Yeah, the I most know. unfun man in baseball. Thank you, the the guy that can't make Mike Trout fun. Yeah, I know. Like, like, seriously, how crazy is that? That's ex- and I don't know how and why you picked the Angels, but yeah, if you if you're gonna make a generation of baseball fans forget that Mike Trout was as good as he is because you can't use him and just go out and have fun. All right, speaking of baseball and Japanese players, Ichiro. Yeah, I, I know we've talked about this in the past, and I know a lot of Mariners fans it, it, like Ichiro appreciate his longevity, appreciate the value he brought to the Mariners franchise as a Mariners fan but one of the most overrated Major League Baseball <laughs> players ever. Well, him and Pete Rose, right? Guys that just slap for singles. Yeah, like, it's go out and have 3,000 hits is great, but do it when it matters. Each never was- stole a base that was important throughout his career. Didn't switch to center field when they needed him to. 
I mean, I could go on and on. Like I say, yeah, he racked up numbers. He was a great representative. He made Seattle relevant. Appreciate all that stuff. But from a strictly pure baseball perspective, man, he left a lot on the table when you sure. needed him. Well, he was the MVP and rookie of the year in the season where they had 116 wins. So, I mean, that's when you come out and you go, all right, here's here's a start to your season. And then he had over 200 hits every year. Part of it is the Mariners, though. And, I mean, the Mariners have essentially wasted all of Felix Hernandez's career. Yeah. The guy won a Cy Young with 13 wins. <laughs> that's how bad the Mariners teams have been around it. And if you look through it, because coming into this season, it's another year where it's like, all right, you've got a chance to maybe make the playoffs and not do anything and not make any noise and end the longest route in sports or whatever. But every year now, the Mariners go, here's all the missteps and miscues they make up. And I read the article, and by the time I get to Eric Bedard, I want to shoot myself in the face. Like, <laughs> the Mariners, I give as much blame to as each year. I'm not going to say that each year submarine the Mariners. I would, I would turn I, it the I other agree. way. He, he was obviously a valuable player. I just think people think say, oh, he's one of the greatest ever and everything. And I remember out of all those 200-hit seasons, Every year there was like four or five when there was two outs and he'd lay down a bunt with a runner in scoring position to get a hit when you're like, we need an RBI, man. Yeah. Eighth inning. Yeah. That but drove what, me crazy. But what was it? Game two, he, he scaled the left field wall oh, this no, year and, and, and made a great awesome. catch. He had a and cannon. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't not appreciate him. It's just sometimes it was frustrating because I thought he didn't necessarily always do as much as you hoped he would do in certain situations to make his team better. Yeah, now, I would, who's, I, who's the gentleman last night who played, uh, who was from minor league, Luke? The guy we were looking up this morning? Well, he's not from the minor leagues. I mean, he's a oh. rotation player, but Dan Vogelbach. Oh, Dan? the big dude, the big first Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a I like, big, I big beefy I like guy. Yeah, yeah. Dan Vogelbach is the guy who you went to high school with that drunk everybody under the table. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And sure. he's still probably drinking everybody under the table. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely that big guy. guy. That's what you got to love about baseball is you can have some guys with just some bellies like mine out there that are prime athletes in their physical, you know, just dominating the Chris Bosios of the world. He throws a no hitter with about 20 extra pounds on him. David Wells. Oh, you got to love that. About but then baseball. you got guys like Randy Johnson who look like just dangerous cowboys who are slanging all kinds of drugs. Randy Johnson looks like the most dangerous man alive. Yes. Oh, yeah. If, if you'd have replaced, uh, put him in No Country for Old Men, <laughs> yeah. put him as the killer, yeah. I think I don't think you'd miss a beat in that film. Yeah. yeah. Randy was intimidating. He still is. Yeah. I mean, the guy's, the, and the funny thing is he's very soft-spoken, seems like a nice guy, but man, if he gives you that stare. The John Cruck uh, all-star game. It was Larry Walker, right, too? Or was it Cruck, too? It was Cruck yeah. who turned around his helmet yeah. backwards, but yeah, he just, he just hucked one into the backstop on the first pitch. And the best part was, like, Johnson didn't even change. He didn't smile or anything. No. He just kind of kept going with no, it. No, he was having no no fun with it. Um, we, we mentioned it earlier that it's Pete Rose's birthday. We were talking about legacies and how he basically ruined his playing career with what he did gambling as a manager. And this is my question to the big Marlins fan in the room uh, over here. Who? You. Oh. So, Derek Jeter... Is he ruining his reputation as a player with what he's doing as an owner? So the Marlins are playing in New York this week, and the reason I bring it up is he says it would be too awkward for him to go back to Yankee Stadium as in the new role as the Marlins owner. No, Jeter's untouchable. Okay. He I'll is. give you he's, I'll he's give completely you untouchable. The best cross board example, Jeter is on his way to becoming Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, oh, I would come agree on with that. Now. He's on his way to becoming yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Okay, now, has he been accused of assaulting women in a workplace yet? Hasn't he been accused of giving herpes to, like, everybody? Okay, I that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, listen. I think he gave it to Jessica Alba. <laughs> you can uh, only get herpes once. See, if you get it from Jeter. He Jeets, should face prosecution for that's that. That's alleged. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I think he is. I think Isaiah Thomas is a perfect example. I, of what- you give Derek Jeter control of the major leagues or a pop-up, have him go over to Japan and run their league. He'll run it into the ground. He's going to tank the Marlins, and then the New York Yankees are going to bring him back once they have an ownership change. Then he's going to tank the Yankees, and he's Isaiah Thomas. I feel like Derek Jeter didn't ask for any of this. You know what I mean? Yes, he I, did. Didn't I they spend a did. billion dollars to be a part of this? Yeah, but I kind of feel like Major League Baseball peer pressured him into it. Like, I know he, quote-unquote, wanted it, but I almost feel like Derek Jeter did it to appease other people. Did he make all the decisions when he took over ownership to appease yeah, all the other people? Is he I just trying know. to make everybody else a Marlins League fan Baseball and better? a Derek Jeter apologist? <laughs> hey, now, please, don't question my Marlins fandom. <laughs> I know quite a lot about the Marlins. Yes. I, I know you do. I would never question your fandom, but I don't understand how now you're a Derek Jeter apologist as well. Hey, you know what? We're rebuilding, and it's an exciting time. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. It's an exciting time for everyone in their division. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, to, to me, it's one of those things where if you can't show your face where you're one of the most beloved players of all time, I mean, it's a slippery slope from there. I mean, you're definitely going the wrong direction as one of the all-time greats. I think it's pretty embarrassing. Hey, going back to Felix and the Mariners, I'll yeah. give the Mariners credit for this. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that 13-1 season where he didn't. The Mariners forced this new wave analytics onto people because they're like, nobody could watch Felix play and say he's not one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. But all the traditional stats with besides ERA, he's the one who shuffled, shuffled in the quality starts over wins era and all these <laughs> metrics and everything. So give the Mariners credit for that. They changed the way stats are viewed because they were so terrible and Felix was so good. Mariners helping ruin baseball in, <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, on the text line, Derek Jeter is a slumlord. Still want to defend him here? Darkens? Yeah. <laughs> How could you not? He's beautiful. He is. Yes. He's a beautiful person inside and out. And you know what? You know what I would say? Marlins fans need to just shut up about this, really, though. Because, oh, they're ruining baseball in South Florida. Dude, you guys show up to games an hour late. I've You're been, not dude, true it's, fans. It's really bad. 6,000 yes. fans this week to yes, one game. They're I've opportunists. Been... They pick times to gripe when they when things are actually bad. Miami Heat fans do the same thing, too. They're, they're just South annoying. Florida, like Tampa Bay. Like For whatever reason, I've been in Tampa a couple times in the last 10 years, and I've gone to a couple Tampa Bay Rays games. One time they were playing Boston when Tampa was in first place in the middle of summer. Boston was in second place, and it was a Saturday series. And four of us that were at a convention decided to go at the last minute. We got tickets for ten dollars right behind third base and they gave us free parking across the street from the facility and there was 80 percent boston fans there yeah florida fans like i mean it's, they just don't go to anything it's opportunist it's basically what are you going to do for me when i can gripe the most like when Dwayne wade left they all started getting really really mad but it was like hey you know that you've only watched maybe a third of Dwayne wade because you guys show up to the stadium an hour late even miami heat playoff games when they had the big three there and when they, they left early and then they came back and yes, won. showed up, showed up late and left early it's ridiculous yeah. it's so embarrassing. yes Derek Jeter is destroying your team oh well I guess you put it should have paid more attention well I'll tell you a fan base that does does show up for games and that is going to be the Moda Center tonight it's going to be rocking what should we expect from the Blazers tonight and in the series against the Pelicans that is next Center and Saint 1080 the fan here's Will with news all right, Jason Bro sitting in with us. Jason Bro is uh, one of the associate, associate athletic directors at the University of Portland. So it's always fun to have him in. He and I played T-ball together, so we've only been friends for 
going on 33 years. Ridiculous. That's, I've been at UP as a student and administrator for more than half my life. That's how that's old I That's crazy. See, I didn't even realize that. Ugh. We were talking a little inside radio stuff uh, during the break and asking if we ever get in trouble for some of the things we say because we brought up uh, Derek Jeter and his herpes. Uh, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. And he so was wait, at- am I not going to report it? Again, he was asking me if we ever get in trouble for that. And I was explaining to him the only times I've ever really had like big public outrage on the text line or anything is I filled in for uh, primetime with Isaac and Souk once with Isaac, once with Souk. And the the real Santa Claus came up and whether when you stop believing in Santa Claus. And we'll see if it happens right now that I mentioned Santa I was Claus. Like, so he brings not, it up a third time. But yeah. Whatever. Santa Claus is not a not a real thing. And every time somebody goes, somebody you. will text in and go, my kids are in the car. Come on. It's yeah. like, we just got done talking about herpes. We're getting You're okay with that. Uh, and while we're on the topic, we also brought it up. The first segment Jason was here, he was talking about texts he gets from his girlfriends that are inappropriate. <laughs> And I want to expand a little bit on that because he didn't say exactly what it was, but the the text stream that she sent him was vegetables that looked like male genitalia. That's great. <laughs> and, so I, she, and and he was afraid to mention that in there, but that's hilarious. Well, it was that, and then, and then to, to kind of further that along, so I immediately shut the phone down because grandma's sitting next to me. Not my grandma. So but he's sitting grandma. on an airplane, and there's an 80-year-old and woman sitting middle. next to him, and he's he's getting texts of a variety of fruits. Here's a kumquat. Here's an eggplant. Here's a carrot. That are all shaped. Here's a parsnip, and they all look like, you know, the, a male appendage. So, so the worst part was is, like, the plane's getting ready to take off, and I always text her like, all right, hey, you know, I'll be home at this time. You know what I mean? Give her the going away. I'm getting on. I'm not going to be able to text you thing. So I land and I didn't want to pull it back up because then when you pull back up your text, you can see the last yes. one. And grandma's just in my lap. I mean, I don't know what she just was. She was looking the entire She's excited. Lap. I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to bring up the extra text to make a response. So then I land and I'm getting in trouble from the girlfriend back home. She's like, why didn't you text me? And I was like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So I think you just own it. I think you open it up. You take a look at the vegetables. Yeah, Luke was like, you just show it to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you just explain. You go, listen, Grandma, look, this is actually what you're looking at here is the weirdest head of cauliflower I've ever seen in my life. And then you, then you move on. I don't know about that. That's what that's what I would do in that's this situation. That's what Luke would do. 55305, what would you do if your girlfriend is sending you fruits and vegetables that look like a male body part and there's an 80-year-old woman next to you? Just you know, having an active conversation. Yeah, with I you think you just join and in looking the at every time you pull up your I, phone. I think you share it with oh, her. Oh, I have this lovely you girlfriend a, back home. She's texting me. I love you. Look. Oh no. Oh, you get you get a good laugh. No, you just go look. This is what my girlfriend sends me, and then she'll be like, "What's wrong with that girl? You should hook up with me." The Whatever. other time that we got torched on the text line was that for 15 minutes we kept calling the Wizards head coach Scotty Brown, not Scotty Brooks. Ah, uh, the text police. Well, yeah, but we also have we. But we really buy in on it. Pretty much really went with it. So oh, then every we really time a new listener would it. come in, they just get angry. Well, no, oh, yeah. but we kept saying like his name very adamantly. Like, look, let me tell you something about Scotty Brown here, and we <laughs> yeah. were having some hot Scotty Brown takes until finally, right at the end of the segment, it was really quiet. Luke just goes, "Yeah, I think his name's Scotty Brooks, actually." <laughs> Well, and the best part was I don't always have my phone out, and oftentimes I'll even silence it or whatever, and I look, and there's like eight texts from Swag, who was listening to the show on the way home from the golf show. He's like, you idiots! Yeah. You're ruining the oh, reputation of this fine oh, station! No, he's, that what probably do do? just drove him nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah, and every time we said it with more enthusiasm, and <laughs> we carried it through the entire oh, show, yeah. and just not we respond about to him, and, re- then, yeah. and then right at 11 o'clock go, oh, it's Scotty Brooks? Yeah, and oh. we get into his tenure in Oklahoma City, and what he did as a boy, and his 
Zach actually came in here and gave me a lashing after the uh, Blade Runner line. He goes, uh, what was that? What, what was that? I said, well, that was the line from Blade Runner. Yeah. He just shakes his head. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of people do to us and to you quite often. Well, you know what? This is a creative show. This Let's, is a show that if you're not up on the up on the high pedestal of intellectual ability that, you know, you, you're not going to understand and you're not going to get. I mean, one of our greatest hosts was a robot. That's Hello. true. <laughs> yeah. Remember him? Yeah, old stat robot. We need to have him back on the show. He's Great good, to be here. He's a good guest. I'm that exciting that you guys want to bring back the robot. Yeah, well, that seems accurate, The robot too. was a good guest. Yeah. So uh, he came uh, uh, in drunk But see, time. this is our audience on the text line. Grocery list. Easy, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That is a grocery list. Yeah. Pretty solid. That's yeah, a good one. It's just a grocery list. So, yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> and uh, if you want to, if you want your girlfriend to talk dirty with you on a plane, another suggestion from the text line, ask her if she can do Morse code dirty talk. <laughs> Ooh. Blink, yeah. blink, 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 dot, dot, one, yeah, one. Exactly. So if, if you're afraid... To have your intimate conversations on an airplane, create a new language. That'll be easier. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Bro, you just crave it so much. You can't even you can't even be on an airplane and not look at pictures I of can't. fruit. It's it's just nonstop. You, you should need go more. through my phone. It's so scary. All right, bro. So you watch basketball for a living. You're a Blazers fan by birth. What do you expect in the Pelicans Blazers series game one tonight, seven thirty at Moda Center? Uh, I think home court Blazers riding the the momentum. They haven't been playing great of late, but you know the last game against Utah was obviously encouraging. I, I think the Blazers come out. I think it's going to be an extended series. I think it's probably going to go sick. I think the Blazers run them tonight. I just think the being at home game one energy, a lot of excitement. The team had a great year. Crowd, you know. The Moda Center crowd, when it really wants to, can get can get into it. And I think playoff time that usually comes out. I think the Blazers are going to ride. I think the backcourt's going to ride them. Ride them really between Nurkic. If Nurkic can play the way that he's been playing most of the year, I think it's going to be a 15, 20-point Blazers win. And then I think the series evens out over the next five games. Okay. Uh, were you listening to Dirt and Sprague this last week when they brought on that Ooh. guy, uh, that radio personality from New Orleans? What I thought was really interesting was they were he was saying that uh after Boogie Cousins got hurt they had this stretch I think where they lost like you know 8 of 10 or something and then he said uh, what happened was that Cousins started to encourage the locker room like he became like a big presence in the locker room getting people pumped up and then they started to play better after he got hurt, which everybody... Well, maybe they should keep him in that room. <laughs> I know, right? Well, everybody I say, pointed, just send Myers Leonard over to fight him, and then they'll get, get him out of that role pretty quick. Uh, Patrick Ewing theory, right? The whole thing that once you lose your best player, then you get better. But um, I, I was kind of surprised to hear that you know, Boogie Cousins was actually somebody who you could rely on as a team leader. He well, when he's like that. not has the ability to play, I think then when he plays, he thinks he's the greatest thing yes. since sliced bread and everything should run through him. And I don't even think he's intentionally selfish. I just think, you know how it's like some people have that thing where they're like, oh, no, this is what's good for the team because I'm the best thing in the world. You and I played on a pickup basketball team. Can you think of a couple guys on that team that were like that? Probably Luke. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm but he's related. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, my brother Frank is who we're talking about. If anybody knows him. Oh, God, he's terrible. And he wasn't even the worst one on our team. We'll just leave that to anybody that knows uh, more about that. But. Will thinks that Rondo is going to be able to pick up Damian Lillard at half court and shut him down. I, you're I kind of paraphrasing. I, I, I did. You hey, use your words I there, think, champ. I think Rondo can make it hard on Lillard, but 
here's the deal. Who's going to guard CJ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think those two at the back. I just like the matchup against the Pelicans for the Blazers. I, yeah. I think it's a good matchup. Well, I like that with CJ and uh, Drew Holiday yeah. because, I mean, Drew Holiday plays zero defense, and he's kind of the primary guard scorer on that team. I mean, besides Anthony Davis, who's your next option but Drew Holiday? And I think Rondo's reliable years are behind him. I think he can give you – that's why I think it could be extended. I think Rondo's going to have a game where he has a triple-double with 15 rebounds and 12 assists. And 10 and, points. He'll yeah. get his 10th point on yeah. a free throw in garbage time. Yeah, I think I think the Pelicans are going to win a couple games. I, I just think right now the Blazers are going to come out and roll them tonight. Do you give any hope to the Blazers moving beyond this series? I mean, I, I think everybody's kind of under the impression that whoever – no matter what happens, it's going to be Warriors-Rockets. Are you the same way? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, cool. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic. I, I'm optimistic. I'm trying to figure out a way where I think the Blazers could sneak in or somebody else. Well, the Blazers uh, actually, have the benefit. They're going to play the Warriors without – if they have Steph Curry, it's going to be a, a newly reintegrated Steph yeah, Curry. If, if Steph Curry comes back and is more of a detriment – because he's coming back from injury. And, and there's no assurance that yeah. he'll be back or either. So If he doesn't come back or if he comes back and he's not right for a few yeah. games, yeah, I could. See, it wouldn't shock me if the Blazers gave it a really good run. Um, I just, that's a tough one. There's so many good players on that team, even without Steph Curry. Sure. And even their role players are good. You watch that. I mean, Sean Livingston can take over a game. Draymond Green's our third Andre best player. Iguodala has well, been a finals MVP. And then Clay Thompson is bound to go off for two games where he's going to score 20 in your face in like in five a quarter. minutes. And Durant, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's just they're, they've been built to be able to withhold two injuries and still be the first or second best team in the league. All right. We'll take a little broader look at some of these series. We'll make our predictions in a little segment we like to call Crystal Balls. You guys all ready to look at your balls? Do it Yay. next. <laughs> Yay. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. All right, we made it to the final segment of the playoff edition. Oh, now he's not even ready with the Sounders. The exciting playoff edition of the Center and the Saints. Why is my ball there? <laughs> See, now that'll get people pumped up for the NBA playoffs. So overcoming. Uh... So how for wide the next, you are, how big your hands are. So for the next uh, two weeks, Will, you're out, yeah? All of a sudden, we took an inch off the length of my club. <laughs> That's right. Uh, where are you going? Hawaii. Hawaii, first trip? Oh, Hawaii. Yeah, it's actually my first time. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Not first trip you've ever Which taken. Which island? Uh, Kauai. Which hotel and what time will you be there? Oh. <laughs> no, don't ask me that. I don't know any of that. Uh, so if anybody uh, is interested in tuning in to next week's show, it should be one of our best ever. Uh, Bro's going to sit in for the whole show uh, while Will's out. We'll figure out something to do the week after that. Um, but since you're going to be out, uh, you're going to miss basically the first round of the playoffs. Oh, and- no, I'm not. Which no, actually- no, no, no. You'll miss the opportunity to speak on the first round of the playoffs here on this show. Yes, I will. Okay. And I've already uh, developed a strategy for how I'm going to be able to watch because obviously we're we're going to be in Hawaii, but I'm going to want to watch. I'm going to be able to stream it on my laptop, but at the same time, everybody's going to bother me and want me to go do stuff outside and have fun. Well, I just want to go sit in and watch the playoffs. So uh, I'm just going to strategically have stomach aches that'll then bring me back to the room so I can watch games. Well, here's the other thing that you may not have factored in. You're What's that? Th- three hours uh, behind out there, so it'll be middle of the day. Even for the late games, they'll be the middle of the day in Hawaii. So you don't. Yeah, get, my you, stomach's gonna hurt. Well, I understand. 
And so it's bad enough that you don't tan to begin with. And you're going to spend all your time inside watching the NBA playoffs. Well, not all of it, but I'm okay. going to catch the Blazer games. Oh, that's... That, that's Maybe download it on my phone, watch it while we're doing something. Just kind yeah, of... Yeah, Blazers games, what do they play, every two days? It's easy enough. But yeah, that's... so. It's a little bit of an X factor. You need to figure out some sort of DVR system so you can watch the games late. It's pretty easy to ignore people in Hawaii, I think. Because you've got Hawaii. You're distracted by everything. You're not going to hear... There's not going to be a ton of Blazers fans running around. It's not Portland. Really? Yeah. You should be safe. Huh. That's what I used to do with football games. They'd actually... For Monday Night Football and for other broadcasts when I lived in Hawaii, what they would do is they'd actually do two broadcasts. They'd play it live, and then they'd delay it and play it in the evening. So, I'm just... Just, just warning you. Somebody of- said on the text line, LOL, you think you'll have service in Kauai. I know. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was gonna be careful on that Wi-Fi and uh, hotspot service. Uh, all right. So, so Will, we're going we're gonna to lean heavy on you to make your first-round predictions on this. Oh, uh, boy. Bro is on the record saying it's going chalk already, so oh, we don't geez. really have to dive into it. Uh, give me the, uh, the winner and by how many... How many games it'll take him to win it? We'll start in the East. Okay. We'll do these quickly. Uh, right. Let's start with the 1-8 matchup, Toronto-Washington. Uh, I'm going to go Toronto in this one, even though they should choke at some point. <laughs> Toronto is just so famous for just choking in the playoffs, whether it happens when they meet LeBron James or uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal in the first round. But I kind of feel like they have enough talent that they're going to be able to get over that. And John Wall himself is also pretty much a choke artist in the playoffs at certain points. So I'm going to take Toronto. How many games? Mm, give me six. All right. Uh, Milwaukee against Boston. I know you love yourself. I'm going to take Milwaukee in this one. I think this is going to be Giannis's moment to kind of have his breakout uh, playoff series where he takes control, puts up 40, 45 points, and gets him over the hump. Got to get past the first round, man. That's been them for a little while. I don't know. I always think back to Jordan against the Celtics. He always had those big games, but the team was never good enough around him mm. to kind of get over that hump. So even though you have a great player, bro, tell me if I'm wrong, one player is not enough to win a playoff series. They got some decent players. It's the Brad Stevens factor for me. Yeah. That guy can pick up five guys from the G League and win a first-round playoff series. Yeah, and he keeps doing it, too. Uh, all right, so 6-3 matchup is Miami uh, against your Philadelphia 76ers. My Philadelphia 76ers. You love them. I don't like the Philadelphia You said you would trade the last five seasons of Philadelphia basketball with Portland straight across. If I got this. Yes. Yeah, I did. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said exactly that. Yeah, I just said uh, that. Port- Portland said. could never do that. The The fan base, the city, the organization, the history would never allow a franchise like Portland to do what Philadelphia did. But how intriguing is that Philadelphia roster? Oh, my God, <laughs> I know, dude. I know. It's, yeah, it's, you're getting Ben Simmons for the next, what, 10 years, I yeah. guess? Yeah, how many games does it take Philadelphia to win this one in your mind? I would say five, honestly. I think Ben Simmons is going to come out and uh, just friggin' scorch this team. And I think the first game is probably going to be the closest because you won't have Embiid. But then once he comes back, yeah, five games, you're done. X, My- fact, X Factor on Philadelphia, uh, Bellinelli. Ooh. It's ever since I got him. I mean, he was a late late season addition, and uh, that's kind of when they got red hot. So. I say X Factor is Jay Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've got the power of Jay Wright. All right. How the hell can you fire a coach who's won, what, 52 games? Like, I loved how They're that conversation. They're not hiring Jay Wright. No, that's just I know, Philadelphia that, geeks getting over the That skis. conversation started this week where they go, I think the 76ers should hire Jay Wright. Dude, their coach won 52 games. You can't fire him. <laughs> this isn't Mark Jackson. Like, 
Uh, you could. I mean, that's there's your precedent, though, right there. I mean, you talk about Mark Jackson really turning the the Warriors yes. into a contender, and then it's like, get him out of here. Let's bring in this guy to reap the rewards of uh, Mark Jackson and, and become a championship uh, dynasty if they win again this year. Um, all right, Cavs Pacers. Oh, he's on. <laughs> Cavs Pacers. What do you expect uh, from uh, LeBron? Playoff LeBron. Playoff LeBron, oh, they'll get past the Pacers easy. Easy? And, yeah, I mean, he'll will them. Five or six games. Five or yeah. six games? It right. shouldn't be that hard, Fair honestly. Enough. I know the Pacers are quote-unquote good, but I don't expect a Pacers team to rely on Victor Depot to win a series. If that's who you're relying on against LeBron James, I'm going to take LeBron James. Hate to say it. Going to say sweep. Love Nate McMillan, but there's also the Nate McMillan factor. It's like the uh, opposite yes. Brad's You know, that's a, that's a very fair very point. Very fair uh, point. You know what we didn't realize? We were looking through a little bit of the Blazers stuff this week. Uh, Kevin Pritchard actually coached the, yeah. the Blazers for oh, yeah. a little while. Yeah. Not not a great stretch no, of that's basketball. That's when he was molding the team. And yeah. He just decided to take over. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you've got that. Uh, all right, moving over to the West, uh, Will. You've got the Rockets. And the Minnesota Timberwolves first playoff appearance in fourteen seasons. Rockets in a sweep, sweep pretty easy there. Uh, all right, seven two seven matchup. Warriors Spurs. You mm. still believe there's a little intrigue? There's a little intrigue, and uh, man, it's hard for me to pick against the Warriors because they have that light switch factor, which is just like, oh, we're in the playoffs, time to turn it on. Um, I know but they Steph- also have Kevin Durant. And you hate him, and you want him to. And I hate to him, but win. the fact is that Kevin Durant has proven that he can take over playoff series. Uh, bro, bro, bro had- you're, you're giving Brad Stevens factor, Nate McMillan factor. What's a Popovich factor in this? I think it's. I mean, he's going to have a factor, but not against Golden State. Yeah, that's <laughs> hey, too good. No way. And, and speaking of Durant, like, has there ever? I know it's been like a huge talking point about him. You know, all of a sudden falling off. But remember after he won the MVP and he was crying on the yeah. podium and everyone's like, this is the face of what sports should be all about. And then four years later, oh, boy. Oh, he's yeah. a complete tool. Ugh. In yeah. fact, I think we did a poll one time that said who's the biggest tool in the NBA, and he might have won. Oh, I think he definitely did. I think he was only second to write-ins for Chris Paul. He hasn't yeah. done himself a lot of favors in the last couple of years. No. No, and this this would be nice to see a basketball stumble, but I don't think it'll be here. Um, and I kind of want to see the Rockets play the Wizards or the Warriors. I, I kind of want to see that. I mean, obviously that means you count the Blazers out, but th- th- that second round matchup will be a lot of fun depending on what Steph Curry does if you have Blazers, Warriors as well. So uh, I'm pretty intrigued to watch this. I'll skip the Blazers so we can finish with that. What do you have to see in Oklahoma City against uh, Utah? Uh, I take Utah just because I think they're more of a stable team. And I just, Russell Westbrook, I, I really want people who think that he should win the MVP because now he's done triple double two years straight. You need to shut up because <laughs> it's it, the meaning of an MVP is the most valuable player, not only in the league, but also for your team. Russell Westbrook's not the most valuable player on his team because I kind of think he is what makes that team not function very well. I really do. He might be the most valuable player on his team, but I don't think he's the most valuable player in the league, and I'm not sure he was last year. But I, I, think, honestly, I think the NBA has this idea that they needed to give to somebody new to keep it interesting, and it's kept LeBron from winning a couple more that he could have possibly won. I just think he's but James poison, Harden, man. James Harden's the MVP this year. I mean, yes, that, of course, but I, th- I think Westbrook's poison, man. He he is. He takes those stupid 15-foot jump shots. There was a game in the – there was a moment in the last 10 games where, like, they were coming down the floor, and I think they were down by two and he took 
this three-pointer with still like eight seconds on the clock where it was like, dude, keep the... I, I agree with all that, but at some point when you're so productive and you do so much and you play so hard, you give yourself the right in your teammates' eyes and your coach's eyes to do some of that. And, you know, I think everyone's like, oh, Durant left to get away from Westbrook yeah. and everything, and he's a cancer, Westbrook's a cancer. What happens, as we've talked about, when Durant left? All of a yeah. sudden, Durant's causing some discontent in the Golden State locker room. I don't hear any Oklahoma City Thunder players complaining about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you would love Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, if he was on your team, there's nobody that takes more deep threes in the NBA than Damian Lillard, and it's not close. Yeah, quick shots. So, you talk about teammates. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you talked about Mo Harkless or, you know, yeah, with his yeah. comments. We, I will we, say we that. We love Dame because it's Portland, but he's taken more than double the next closest player on twenty foot, 28 foot and deeper three points. And shots. I will say that does piss me off pretty bad, yeah. like on those possessions where he comes up the court and just jacks the but shot But again, off. he's earned some of that he has. because yep, he has. he's done so much and he's bought the goodwill of his team. Much like Westbrook has. There's some times where it happens where I'm just like, Absolutely. dude, it's, there's 20 seconds on Absolutely. the shot clock. Like, come on, pass it around a little bit. Speaking of 20 seconds left on the shot clock, we probably need to get out of here. It's been a great show. Big thanks to Jason Bro for joining us. We'll have a great time in Hawaii. Jason's back with me next week, 9 to 11, Center and Saint. Stay on 1080 The Fan, the Warriors-Spurs game at 1130, uh, right here on 1080 The Fan. Everybody have a great weekend. Bye-bye. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance. Why is my ball there? How wide you are, how big your hands are. Shut your f***ing face. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? Sit your $5 ass down before I make change. Get the f*** out! Get out! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.